Hi everybody and welcome back to Greater Manchester Stories. The guest this episode is Stephen Hayes, who's just wrote a book called Rotten to its Core, all about Greater Manchester Police, and which is quite apt really considering all the stories up to now have involved the police in Greater Manchester. So first of all, welcome Stephen to the show. Thank you, good to be here. So I enjoyed your book. Uh, my first question really is, and for the audience, what qualifies you to write a book about, about Greater Manchester Police? Well, I'm an ex-copper. Um, I did 13 years. I didn't pass the exam, so I didn't make any rank, but I was a detective. I was in plain clothes from like nine months in, and then I specialised in all sorts, uh, vice, drugs, Regional Crime Squad, which is the Sweeney CID in the Didsbury area of Manchester, Moss Side. And uh, I know how it all works. And it still works the same today, but under different leadership or different styles of leadership. Because in my day, we had men who had done national service and uh, the discipline was immediate and uh, perfect. But now, if you've got a university degree, you move up the ladder like you can't believe. I mean, one of the chief constables we've had, Peter Fahey, has got a degree in Spanish and French, and he's zoomed up the chief constable ladder. Well, it's great for holidays, but not a lot of good in Moss Side. But um, that's by the by. I mean, it's just, uh, I just know a lot about it, and I know what's right and what's wrong. Right, excellent. So my second question is, what is going wrong with Greater Manchester Police? Let's get into some detail. Let's talk about, let, let's really get into it. Well, it starts with the leadership. It goes down to the training and then it goes down to the actual men who are leading and uh, how they're qualified to do the job. Now, even today, at my age, I could do it better than some of them because they're coming out of university, doing accelerated promotion, never seen an angry man. I used to be fighting in Yates's Wine Lodge with a stool when I was in uniform. They've never seen anything like that, and that's just a primitive, simple thing. They can't detect murders. They can't detect real crime, so they hide away from it with all the blurb that you get in different departments, and it's just, it's just a scandal, really, but it is down to leadership and training without a, a doubt. So where is the training? where's the training going wrong? Well, let's look at a couple of examples. Firearms training. Um, it's good now because of the arena bombing, really, and just leading up to it. And they've got a terrific firearms department led by skilled officers. And the arena bombing showed that because they had a man in charge who, who was regarded as the Silver Command, who was a chief inspector. His name was Sexton. And he uh, he didn't know to declare a major incident. And then having declared a major incident, he should have told the ambulance and the fire service to come in because the firearms had clean, cleared the arena quickly for a second bomb. So he didn't know to do that, can you believe? So everybody thinks, and I did, that it was cowardice and unions stopping the men going into a dangerous situation. And all it was was leadership there again, silver command until gold command got out of bed 
a policewoman, assistant chief constable, I can't remember her name, Deborah, somebody, I think. And uh, she she didn't take any control, really. She went straight to headquarters rather than the scene. And uh, it just got worse and worse. And people died because of that delay. And the inquest tells you that very, very easily. The inquest report is amazing. Right. So let me clarify this for what you're saying. You're saying that the silver commander, who was the officer in charge when the arena bomb went off, he didn't know to to announce that that was a major disaster. No, a major incident. He hadn't been trained. How can you not know? How can you not know that's a major incident? A bomb goes off at a concert in Manchester. Precisely. And he didn't do that, and then he didn't inform the fire brigade, he didn't inform the ambulance, and, you know, he said to a colleague, and it's in the report by Sir John Saunders, that he mentioned to somebody, I think we got away with that. You know, got away. So his incompetence. Incompetence? It's criminal. He should have been charged with at least manslaughter because... In the in the inquiry report, it's proved that people died who could have been saved. It's never really really appeared. You see, the Manchester Evening News doesn't report properly on anything that's critical about the police, and they've got a lot of blame to carry with all this. Really, with a lot of incidents. Give us another example of where the training is going wrong. Well, there was a training exercise for firearms in an empty warehouse in Ancoats, and somebody was shot at point-blank range with a, a shotgun-type gun. I can't just bring the name of it to mind. But he, he, he was killed because they hadn't followed pop proper procedures. And then you can go on then again, another firearms incident, a kid called Anthony Granger, who wasn't whiter than white, but he certainly wasn't an armed villain. And he was shot dead by a firearms officer with a proper machine gun from very short range because he was going for his car door to open it and the officer claimed he thought he had a firearm. Well, there is, there is a procedure in the training because it's mentioned in the report where they're supposed to sort of confuse the man first with an explosion next to him or whatever, or fire rubber bullets at the vehicle, anything like that to distract him rather than shoot him dead. But they didn't because they weren't trained to do it. So that's a dead man. Yeah, absolutely appalling. Now, that's the training side of it. Now, obviously, they're, they're all armed police-related um, How's the training for the everyday Bobby on the beat? Why aren't they getting decent training? You see, they seem, I think they're better than they give them credit for. The trouble is they're not allowed to do it properly because they're led by men who should be sat behind a desk. They shouldn't be allowed on the streets. And as soon as they are on the streets, they're giving them, don't do this, don't do that. Oh, no, we can't do that. You can't say this and you can't say that. Everything that's perfect in life, they try and profess. And it's stopping the lads working. And I've tried to say in this book that I'm not criticising the pointed end. You know, you see them on this uh, TV show, police, Manchester Police or whatever, and you see them working and they're in danger. 
They're in a lot more danger now than they ever were when I was in. I used to work alone because I used to do amateur wrestling. I could look after myself. So I, I used to work alone in Oldham Street, which was like Dodge City in those days, four Yates' wine lodges. And, um, but they just can't do it. They're not allowed to do it now because they've got to stick up stick to GBTQ rights or whatever they're called now. And um, it's just impossible. You know, everyone can say they're racially prejudiced. You get the paedophile incidents in Rushom with the Asian Pakistanis. Uh, that was stopped at one stage, the investigation, for racial harmony. So young girls, 12, 14, groomed and raped, were left just hanging out to dry, really. And um, Angie Dickinson has tried to do a lot about it. But it's rife, and it still is, because of racial prejudice and racial harmony. They're just shutting up and being quiet because they're so badly led that that's what they have to do. I put a lot of this down to... And in, this is in most of our public services. I put it down to the leaders don't have a backbone. It's all about their career, their pension. It was broken when I turned up, so why should I be the one to try to fix it? Keep me head down, get promotion, get more money, and I get reti I retire in 10 years. Exactly. And well, more than 10 years, a lot of them. It's cronyism as well, you see. That's there's an incidents in the book where that's proved, you know, favourites are promoted quickly and what have you. And um it's just it's just rotten. It really is rotten to the core. And that's not just me saying it. I mean, that was Leslie Thomas KC, you know, in the Anthony Granger inquiry. It's absolutely unbelievable to read that. It's a disgrace. I mean the Fi was serving redacted documents. Now, how on earth can you have to redact something and it be top secret? Chief superintendents were telling lies in the witness box, trying to defend the indefensible. And the judge even picked it out. And the, the, those are headlines on the side of the book page, the cover. And uh, the comments he made was unbelievable. And why they weren't charged with perjury it's just a disgrace. It's because they were senior officers. They think they're fireproof and they can't, they, they won't be charged. And they won't be charged. We've got a couple of superintendents now apparently being investigated. You never see it anywhere. It was only mentioned to me by a lad who, well, not a lad, he's an ex superintendent and he goes as whistleblower on Twitter. And he pointed out that two were. To, no, no, it wasn't. It was Neil Wilby, a, a bit of a harebrained journalist in Oldham. He uh, he always he covers a lot of Oldham and Yorkshire police incidents, which are more than Manchester, really. I think. And uh, he said, just so you know, two superintendents are presently being investigated. But that's all you're going to hear about it. It'll be put under the carpet. No action. And that's because the higher up the ranks you go you know more dirty secrets. You also know how the politicians are involved and covered up and asked for favors and you know interfered too much and didn't give good advice. So the higher up the goal, you become more and more untouchable because if you go down, you can bring other people down. Mm. Oh yeah. 
because these men were once PCs doing what was done by PCs at the time. So, you know, they, they've all had these, these things going on. And the, there is a Masonic influence, there's no doubt about it. I, I, I was a Mason. I gave it up in the end. I found it a bit uh, childish, to be perfectly honest, the lodge I was in. But it, uh, it is that, you know, we used to have a lad uh, in the drug squad and he used to tell the chief inspector in charge what to do by through Masonic signaling and what have you. And uh, that's how we survived even in those days. But it didn't really affect how we did the work or anything. It was just uh, he had a great job. Right. I read your book and I was I was shocked. So I advise anybody to I'll put the link of your book in the description. So if you click the description, it'll take you straight to Amazon. You can buy Stephen's book. It's well worth reading if you're interested in the police and what's going wrong. Thank you for coming on today um, and hopefully come back soon and we can get into a bit more of the nitty gritty next time. So thank you again. Good to speak. Right, we'll speak again soon. Thank you. OK, bye. Bye bye. Yeah.